Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Hello, and welcome to the Best of Stuff podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Best of Stuff podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your three funniest friends, which is us. us. (laughs) Today we're talking about coronavirus in Italy, coronavirus in Spain, and coronavirus right here in the United States. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer? I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. Ah! Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? Hi, guys. Ah! Hi. Hello. <laughs> I feel like I'm socializing. I know. Having human contact feels great. I mean, technically, I am here with my fiance, but having other human yeah. contact feels great. I'm happy to <laughs> finally be able to get it out and yeah. you know, talk about all of this. And there's no one I'd rather do it with than you guys. I know. Damn. I know. Um, so, yeah, listeners, if you can't tell, we are social distancing today. Um, we are recording the podcast remotely. And um, we're going to do things a little bit differently up top. Instead of sharing what's getting us through the week, we're going to be sharing how we've been social distancing <laughs> this week. Uh, we'll give a little How quarantine. haven't we? I know. Uh, I do feel like as a Taurus and a freelancer, I've been kind of training for this moment my, <laughs> my whole life. Um Honestly, I'm with you on that. I Mm -hmm. am such a homebody. And, uh, and like, if this is the tragedy that we're going to have, we are so lucky that the tragedy involves us sitting on our couches, doing nothing, trying to stay away from people. And that that is like the protection that we're giving. So I know. Right. And yet some people can't even do that. (laughs) I know. I'm like, stay at home. I think that it's taken like, like last week was a big evolution. And if you, and especially this weekend, and if you weren't really paying attention, um, it sort of got ahead of you and you might not have like realized like where we are with this and kind of the direness of the situation. And I think that because, and we'll get into this obviously in the podcast, but I think that because we have such mixed messages coming from leadership, um, no one really understands the severity or the need to all be on the same page. So yeah, right, I mean, that's where we are. My, my parents aren't like huge news junkies. They don't really pay attention. And there was like a moment last week where my mom, I could tell that like it had just hit my mom that this was bad because she called me at like 11 PM. And just like, <laughs> I, I was like, Hey, and then it was just her screaming into the phone. Like what's going on in New York. And I was like, okay. So my mom finally read an article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did. It definitely like crept up on you. Like, I canceled my wedding on Wednesday, and oh, that Sammy. morning, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like there was no choice. I'm. I feel settled in the decision, but 
just to, to give you a sense of like how rapidly this picked up, like Wednesday morning, I had like wedding to do's, like, like mm -hmm. final stage wedding to do's, like ordering favors and stuff like that. And then Wednesday night, like Wednesday by like 6 p.m., we were like, this isn't going to happen. We have to move Ugh. it. And that's how quickly it like turned around. Like I was yeah. literally 100% yeah. full steam ahead. And then all of a sudden it was just, we can't do it. But I have a whole episode about that mm -hmm. that is up on Brides and Diet Starts Tomorrow. So if you want to yes. hear that saga, that's where you go. Uh, I'm actually, I'm like, yeah, it's I downloaded do. on my, oh, yeah, I'm going to be listening <sighs> to that today because I was like, I have to hear this story. As someone who's currently planning a wedding, my I was just like, I have to hear this story. Um, but on a much lesser note, like I had, I was supposed to have two shows I, one in New York, one in LA. I had a whole trip to LA planned next week. It's done, scrapped. I'm not going. You're not going? Oh, man. No, no. It's like as yeah. official as of today. I'm, I obviously can't go. Like, what if I got right. trapped? <laughs> like, there right. are no I'm bars like, or restaurants. They just closed all the bars and restaurants there. Yeah. Right? True. And like every single thing I was supposed to do was getting canceled. And my big fear is like, Things are happening so rapidly. I'm like, what if I fly to LA and while I'm out there, they're like actually domestic flights in the US are suspended. And totally. then I'm yeah. stuck there and I don't have any money. Like it just seems right. really bad. Uh, so <laughs> Amanda, yeah. how have you been social distancing this week in Trump's America? <laughs> the same way I generally socially distance. <laughs> avoiding con I it's not hard for me not to socialize but I'm like a real busybody. I like all I like all I do on the weekends is I just spend the weekends walking around outside by myself that might sound yeah. sad but it's like it's all I do it's the best thing it's my favorite thing to do and obviously I, you know I think you can like guidance says you can walk around the block but like I think we're all at the stage where it's like I'm not trying to be that bitch who gives some who kills somebody's grandpa because I had to take a walk around the block yeah yeah, yeah, Amanda. It's so funny that you walk around a lot on the weekends because I actually do the same thing. I wonder so why we don't it's run funny. I've never I, run I usually go downtown. I know. I usually I, go downtown. Yeah. I go down, but you're already more down than me. So like, we're probably, yeah. I'm probably just like coming near you. But yeah, yeah, no, it's really they are saying you can go outside. So I've been running a little bit in the park, but yeah. just to get some like fresh air. And I've been walking my dog, but like, I just I I try to minimize it and I try to stay very far from people and. It's just, yeah. hopefully we'll still be able to do that because not every country in Italy, they like really can't even do that. So yeah, they literally have like drones and they yell at people from the sky to go inside. I went to the dog oh park God. yesterday and so there was this guy, there was filled with reckless old people in the dog park. I was like, I was, I, I almost didn't come out to keep you safe. And this guy was like throwing a Frisbee to his dog. He was clearly over 80 years old and la kept landing right in front of me. And he kept being like, can you hand me the Frisbee, you bitch? And I was like, nah, man, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. Are you were trying to pet Bruce. Yeah. yeah. You were trying to pet Bruce. I was like, no, do not touch him. No. <laughs> and then we, I gave him a bath. Like after. <laughs> same, same. He had a very, yeah, he had a social day because everyone kept touching him. He was really, my dog hates going on walks in the city, but he's been like thriving because nobody's out there. Yeah. It's where, it's where Morty and I differ. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the hardest things is that people is that everyone sort of has a different understanding of how serious this is yeah. and how much they need to be social distancing and what that means. And that, I mean, I, I, I posted this graphic that I, I got from, I can find the source, but it was basically like comparing Italy and South Korea where they have 
in, in Italy, they only test people with symptoms. And in South Korea, they have been testing everybody. And it shows how many more people from ages 20 to 29 are actually mm-hmm. carrying the virus. Like we could all have it right yes. now and just be asymptomatic. I saw, I saw that graph, which is really shocking. And like, it's, it's so many of us people our age, millennials or whatever, are carrying it, but are asymptomatic. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're really like the vectors for the disease and that's why it's spreading so much. So like, we're the ones who have to stay inside. (laughs) Exactly. The best guidance I've seen has the one that's been like, act like you're already sick. Do what you would do if you're already sick. Cause like you could be, you could effectively have the virus and be able to pass it on. 100%. And it's, like I'm a person who also like I just like to stay busy and like yeah. be doing things and like like not being able to go to my yoga studio and have my little like walk that I do to and from the studio really sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it makes exactly. Me sad. Yeah. yeah, and all the shows that think- everyone keeps saying to binge watch are like really dark, heavy, dramatic shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll I give you guys my binge watch recommendation is uh, Danny and I have been on Disney Plus rewatching all meets all of Boy Meets World, which is delightful. <laughs> nice. I started Love Island Australia last night. I've been thinking about amazing. doing Love Island <laughs> <laughs> and my yoga studio is now offering classes via Zoom. So I did one of those this morning. That's good. That's I mean, really honestly, nice. like it's affecting everybody equally. That's the thing. It's like there's no one who is not experiencing the same thing. So I actually feel like it's brought people like together in the sense that you, you realize like we all need to like work to, to adjust to this. Like who knows how long it'll be. Um, the CDC is recommending that people don't gather in groups of greater than 50 for eight weeks. So to me, the fact that they would even put the timeline out that far is like, a big deal. They're basically saying the next two months are not going to be normal. So we all are just going to have to like, we're on the same playing field. There's no one who's like at an advantage here. So um, we just yeah. all kind of have to figure it out and like, yeah, do it. And yeah. it's crazy that we're all living through this, but it's a big yeah, and moment. As much as and I think we have to treat it that way. Go ahead. I agree. As much as I'm not a sports fan or anything, like I really feel like the sports world set a really important example. Yes. By canceling, doing really dramatic, what felt like really dramatic, serious moves a little earlier than it really registered for everybody how serious. And I think that really helps people like realize the, how extreme this is. Yeah. And that so many of the players took time, like, oh man, like yeah. made statements to make sure that the people who like work in the stadiums are getting, that's paid. getting made like, of the week. Yeah, that's for it's like it's really heartwarming, you know, to see these players. Some of them are like teenagers, basically, totally. like 19, 20 years old, and they're like giving up part of their income to make sure that all of these people are getting paid. And it's really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking about just like the number of people whose income is it's everybody like you can't it's not really possible i mean maybe your income could be the same if you're like on a salary and you're not like getting laid off or like something like that but mm-hmm. honestly like the number of people who this impacts economically the number of businesses people it's wild so i yeah. mean we can talk about like some of what the government is doing to ease or not ease that yeah. but i don't mm-hmm think that their response has been comprehensive and that is leading a lot of people to be much more anxious about their income. 
Um, and yeah. in this basketball example, it's like, oh, you're just relying, like, what about the team? What about like the team that has all this money? Like, why are they not the ones in every, I, I mean, in some situations the team is, and the owners are stepping up, but in other situations, it's the athletes, which is right. just wild. Yeah. Who, like I said, like, said, are in their teens. Yeah. Right. But I feel so. like they're also maybe more likely to understand the impact of losing your hourly job like that, you know, like depending on where they come from and their background, they probably get how hard it is to like lose a job like that more than maybe these owners who have been billionaires for like 25, 30 years. Right. Yeah. I think empathy is like a really important piece that's going to get us through this because it's obviously, it's not, it's obviously that we don't really have clear, we don't have leadership at the top. We don't really have a role model. Other than like maybe Anthony Fauci will see. I know I was about to say like well I know I can't Love get him. a read on Fauci, but I do know I respect Fauci. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. I have a theory oh, about Fauci, yeah. Yes. Ooh, what's your theory about Fauci? Well, I, Should we I save it for later? I just think Fauci knows. Let's save it for later. Let's get into like, let's, okay. let's start really broadly. Elise, do you want to tell us yes. about the status of the virus? I do. Okay. Um, so here's where we're at as of this recording. Obviously, things are changing pretty rapidly, as we've already discussed on a day-to-day basis. But at this moment, there are more than 6,500 people who have died of the disease worldwide. Um, and then in the United States, there are 3,600 cases across 49 states. The only state that does not have a documented case of the virus is West Virginia. So if I'm going anywhere when shit goes down, I'm going to the mountains because <laughs> West Virginia is very mountainous, um, a mountainous area. I went there for a music festival once. And, um, it, for some reason it like cracks to me that there would not be really? a coronavirus in West Virginia. Yeah. It's literally like, like one family in like, it, it's quite a right. mountain. Like, like, of course they don't have coronavirus. Built in social distancing. Yeah. But they exactly. probably have like one ventilator in the whole state. So if True there is that. an issue, yes. who knows? But yeah. all I'm saying is maybe we need to look into if the disease doesn't like mountains. That's all. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know enough. 
Okay, so in Europe, the situation has also been getting crazier by the second. Yesterday, cases in the EU resulted in the most deaths in one day that we've seen so far. So that's throughout Europe. The number of French cases uh, has has passed 5,400 with 127 deaths. And in Spain, they've reported about 8,000 cases and 300 deaths, which means it is the second highest number of cases in Europe after Italy. Also, one of the people who tested positive in Spain was their own first lady, Maria Bergona Gomez Fernandez. So, like, I don't know what internalized classism it is on my <laughs> end where <laughs> when, like, an important fancy person gets it, I'm like, <gasps> so much more shocked. Yeah. Like, obviously, <laughs> anyone, it's it's a virus. Anyone can get it. But for some reason, whenever they're like, and then this, like, Tom Hanks has it, I'm like, but... But how? They're fancy. Well, it, yeah. It also <laughs> seems to be the fancy, famous people that are having the easiest time getting tested. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, like, we must point that out. Tom Hanks was also in Australia where they just have more access to testing in general. But I'm sure that First Lady Fernandez probably got the test delivered right to her house. You know, like she's guess. not going she's not going to the hospital and waiting around in line like Trump had his <laughs> test brought to him, which we can get yeah. into the fact that he's been exposed like 15 times. To this. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's actually. Yeah. Go ahead. We can. I'm sure we'll talk about it, about Trump taking a coronavirus test and testing negative, supposedly. But it is crazy how unhealthy he is and how much how resilient his health actually does appear to be because it's he like has, the virus just doesn't want to fuck with him he literally has been exposed to the virus at multiple different points and he's well, fine. Oh, yeah also do we think he would tell the truth of whether he was fine no but he's definitely well, no. not sim- he's not symptomatic yeah. at this point clearly because he's done a press conference every second he's He's doing weird press conferences where he gathers a bunch of men into a room and then they all spit on the same microphone <laughs> and touch it. Exactly. <laughs> with yeah. If you saw him, like if you didn't see him every day and then you just saw him now, you would think he was symptomatic. Cause yeah, I mean, he doesn't look well, but, right. but he's never, he hasn't looked well since 1985. So yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, okay. But back to Europe. Italy, which has the most cases in Europe, has had over 1,800 deaths, and they have 24,747 cases, which is wild. That is so much. And they're only testing people with symptoms, which makes it crazier. I think that people don't see how many asymptomatic people there actually are, and it doesn't hit everybody the same way. Just hits differently. Yeah. Not to mention there are people that are like, if you just, if you feel a little sick, like, just, just stay home and be sick. Like, we can't even guarantee we can give you a test. You might just have it. And like, if you're sick, stay inside for two weeks. But your case may never be documented as officially one having been tested. Exactly. For. I mean, we see, we're seeing, I mean, it's all anecdotal, obviously, and like social media, but people who are like, I have had symptoms for days, I cannot be tested and like listing that they have all the telltale signs. Because as of right now, we're, I mean, it might have changed over the weekend. But up until this weekend, we were only testing people who had come in contact with someone who had it, which is this insane catch 22 of like, you can only get tested if you've been in contact with someone who has it, but we're not testing anyone to know who has it. 
And we also have no idea if we've come in with contact with someone who has right? like, we live in New How York. I, I brush I know? cross paths with people all the time. <laughs> right. I like, yeah. truly, I see a million people a day. Maybe one yeah. of them has been to Italy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, right. Um, so here in the U.S., uh, several of the biggest cities in the country have decided to close schools, theaters, bars, and restaurants. Here in New York, they did, schools are now officially closed. Uh, people were kind of pushing de Blasio to do that for a long time, and they didn't want to because we, first of all, New York is the largest public school system in the country. Second of all, we have a lot of kids who rely on the free lunches and just like other services. So it's, you know, it's no mean, it's, it's not a small thing to cancel all public schools in New York. Uh, they're supposedly going to come back on 420. So sweet. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they reinstate school, but no one comes back and they're like, wait, <laughs> where's everyone? <laughs> I also uh, okay also the fact that like it reveals that that the New York school system basically sees themselves as like a babysitting service yeah because they're like they're they're like actually we can't close the school because of some completely different reason that has nothing to do with public safety like the it seems like the last thing they're considering is public safety which is wild to me yeah, I mean, yeah, and it just I exposes just, the yeah the lack of social services provided that like I mean even one of the reasons that people are worried about kids staying home is like domestic violence situations where like a lot of kids are truly so sad but like are safer at school which is symptomatic of like a huge problem I mean you realize like what kids are getting away from when they come to school and it's like seems like there should be some other solutions other than just like stay at this place all day that is not available during an yeah. emergency. I mean, I think I think you're totally right. And I just feel like this entire crisis, like every single aspect of it has exposed a very serious flaw in like the system yeah. <laughs> that we're operating in, whether it be like the health insurance situation, whether it be like like workplace protections, whether it be child care, our public school system, like literally there's just the wealth inequality in general, like literally every single thing that i don't know has been maybe going on in the background has been brought to the forefront in such a crazy way by this totally. yeah i i think that honestly be, i think that also like the longer this lasts and like i'm putting it probably at like at least a month maybe yes. like two months yeah um, I mean, the cdc the recommended lasts, people are gonna get mad yeah yeah like, and they're so gonna realize yeah. like we need an overhaul I mean, the, I've heard this statistic many times and it, I, it got, it's gotten repeated a lot in the wake of this, but most Americans, I, I don't have like the exact percentage, but the majority of Americans cannot take a $400 financial hit. Like they don't have yeah. enough money in the bank to like have a random crisis that costs them like four to $600 like that, you know, that messes someone up. And this is. Totally. Basically, across the board, costing everyone at least $400, like, probably many thousands more to many people. And so it's, like, really exposing how fragile a lot of people's economic situation even is. Yeah, I follow this influencer who has coronavirus. I actually just oh started following her. Yeah, because she she started answering questions from people. 
And can, she can, actually. Oh, I, can sorry, I just say that I follow this influencer who has coronavirus is the most 2020. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not like, Ooh. she's not huge, but she's, you know, she has yeah. a few like followers, her whatever. But she, she said that she saw a private physician and the consult to get tested took cost $400. Just the, just that appointment. That's crazy. And, wow. and I think she got it through like, it's unclear how, I don't think she didn't like go to a hospital. So yeah, if you're able to get, to get a consultation, it might cost you that amount. Right. Wow. And, I, I and that doesn't even count the treatment. Initially, people who were being quarantined were also on the hook for the money it cost to quarantine them, which is thousands of dollars. So it's like, if I had maybe known at that time that I had maybe been exposed, but heard that quarantining was going to cost me like three grand, I would have been like, I'm not telling anyone, you know, to be honest, like I couldn't have, I, at that point, like I couldn't have taken, I couldn't have been like, you know what, for the greater good, I'll go in quarantine because I, it would have ruined me, you know? So it's yeah, just, because there's no social safety net in this country. Yeah. So people have to continue to endanger others. Yes. Yeah. Did you see there a, a school in Norway told all of, <laughs> they were telling like all of their out of oh, yeah. out of country students to go home and in the in the note they were like we particularly want students who like come from governments that have no have dysfunctional social institutions to go home like the United States. Like they just called yeah. us out and we're like, go back to your shit country and deal with it there. Yeah. I mean, what kind of number one world superpower can't manage this effectively? It also shows you that in good leadership doesn't actually like show that it's good because the problems don't come up that you would need the leadership in. Like yeah, Ebola, right. Ebola with Obama could have been a really yeah, bad a crisis, but it didn't become one. So you couldn't see how good of a job he did because there was no problem. That's right. what I keep seeing is like, if the, the effect of social distancing, well, no social distancing works if it felt like it was an overreaction. If it's like, well, nothing happened. And it's like, yeah, because we all stayed inside. You know, right, like, yeah. it's like, um, it's like Go when I, I think about, um, the Y2K situation, which I always learned when I was a kid that like, oh, it was this big overreaction. Nothing happened. Um, everyone thought the world was going to end and it didn't. But what actually happened is like computer scientists got together and did this massive movement to like recode all of this stuff. So they yeah. actually fixed it and nothing happened. But we didn't see right. any of the work, you know? It was just, like, a bunch of people on their computer, like, way into the night doing beeps and beeps yeah. on there. <laughs> Good problem solving means you don't see the problem being solved. Yes. Totally. Let's talk about what the problem solving is that is happening. Um, which, last night, the Fed cut interest rates for the second time since the beginning of the outbreak. Now rates are cut down to basically zero, which is the biggest drop since the 2008 financial crisis. So, um, and still the market plummeted this morning. Yes. So exactly. That because really seem to work. Yeah. Because that move in and of itself made investors look around and be like, Oh my God, something really is bad. bad is happening. Yeah. Like they're expecting a recession if they're going to cut rates by this much. So that didn't work. Um, the house passed a plan to mitigate the economic impact on families. Uh, the package includes free coronavirus testing for all, so that's great. Um, 
There is paid sick leave for workers, but it still leaves millions of people not covered. Uh, but it does give some workers two weeks of paid sick leave uh, and end up to three months to pay family leave or medical leave. But these benefits only apply to employees of businesses with fewer than 500 employees or the government who are infected by the virus, quarantined, have a sick family member, or are affected by school closings. So large employers are excluded, and the Labor Department will have the option of exempting workers at any company with fewer of than 50 employees if it determines that providing paid leave would jeopardize the viability of the business as an ongoing concern. So it's like... That's like the whole problem with every company, not just 50, you know, small ones. I know. And these exemptions could potentially ex- exclude nearly 20 million workers. So it's like what it's it undermines itself kind of like, obviously, right. I'm glad that some protections were put in place. But if we have 20 million people who still can't stay home from work, if they are sick, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Um, That like graphic where it's like all the matches getting lit? Yes. No. That, like everywhere. when somebody steps out, it stops. It's very like convincing, but it's like, then that's 20 million people that aren't stepping out. That I it literally defeats the, the purpose. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, again, I'm glad that something got passed, but it also like number one, as far at Trump's first press conference, he was acting like he wasn't going to sign this legislation and just started randomly saying, um, like, the Democrats are doing some very bad things. Say like just nonsense. So this, this wasn't easily passed. Republicans vetoed and blocked these measures for two days beforehand. So like this could have been passed days ago. And finally, Nancy Pelosi was only able to work with treasury secretary, Steve Mnuchin on this because Trump still won't talk to her because he's mad about impeachment. So he's like, He's so petty that he can't even get on the phone with her to pass, like, the most minimal restrictions possible. Yeah. I mean, he's in, That's wild. He's, in he's insane. The fact that he he's completely created a vacuum of leadership and confusion at the top of this crisis. And every single thing he does makes it just so much worse. Yeah, but, but I thought conferences funny. are embarrassing. Embarrassing mortifying for this country like i can't even believe that this is what's going on he gets up there and he i mean now i'll talk about the topic of how trump is fucking it up what he's done but he gets up at these press conferences and he's like he's like i like to thank these ceos and then he reads a fucking list of ceos of like consumer companies supermarkets but like medical companies and he literally just reads their names and has them yes. like and then it's furious. No one great has questions company, for that. Company. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I get that the first time he did that, it like worked and it made the market go up. But yesterday he did it again and he, it didn't work. And all <laughs> these companies all. are doing is they're providing their, their um, parking lots for drive through testing. Whenever we get that, they're not like big heroes. They're just like, it's land. We all own the land. Yeah. And also right. no one's going to your store anymore. Or maybe also, they're like they are, but fewer people are going out. Who yeah. is like, who in this crisis is looking around like, I got it. I got to hear from the CEO of Target. If only, if only the CEO of CVS were to come out here and tell me their CVS is going to be fine. Like I would feel yeah. better. Like who are these people that are comforted by hearing from 
these random guys. The only one well, I liked I, was the yeah. one that refused to shake Trump's hand. Because Trump, the first Trump, yeah, yeah, he was like, dude, bro, what are you doing? The elbow bump. Yeah, yeah, they all stand up there and close talk. Okay, so let's talk about how badly Trump has been botching this just in general. Um, it seems like up until Wednesday night, he was calling it a hoax. He was saying that this is nothing. It's just the flu. You'll get sick. You'll be fine. Downplaying it to the max. Um, but then Wednesday was kind of like the day, the day that like the NBA and, and the NBA canceled. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson got it. Um, and they uh. started really shutting stuff down. Um, so Trump, I think, realized he had to do something. So he gets on TV at 9 p.m. on Wednesday and he announces a travel ban. Um, one of his favorite things to announce. Um, <laughs> How many times has he announced a travel ban at this point? I think okay. he's like attempted six. Six. Yeah, I do feel like it's his go-to move when anything happens. He's like, can we do a travel ban? Is this a travel yeah. ban time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he basically, he was reading a teleprompter, which... Clearly, he's not uh, capable of doing because um, he ends up misreading the teleprompter and stated falsely that all travel from Europe is banned um, and that he was going to institute it Friday at midnight, which I think caused a lot of confusion about whether that meant like Thursday night or Friday night. Um, yeah. so, uh, so it's basically, the most confusing thing to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> say 1159 or something. So, yeah. Uh, basically, people. So. Americans who were in Europe panicked. Everyone started buying these like insanely expensive flights, flooding the airports, trying to get home. And then his his administration issues a, a statement that it was incorrect and that uh, that it was only for foreign nationals, not for American citizens. So you now have people waiting in the airport in the hotbed of where there's coronavirus, waiting in close quarters to get through immigration. People who yes. got back are now waiting at customs. The line at uh, in Chicago and Dallas, those were supposedly like three hours long or more. Um, and you just have literally thousands of people packed together, not enough hand sanitizer, not masks. People were forced to screen their fingerprints on pads that were not cleaned or disinfected. It's like <laughs> a coronavirus jungle juice almost. Oh in my the God. And it's insane. Well, you know, Brian, our beloved co-host, his boyfriend was in Spain and had a flight back on Friday, but there was no real information about whether or not he like he couldn't figure out if what he Trump meant by midnight on Friday. So he got a really, really expensive flight home that he ultimately could have not used like he could have used. Well, because we, yeah, we all were like, he's got to get back. Call him. Wake him up. He's got to get back. And then the yeah, next day, like, well, hey, we got some time because it was like. It was such a crazy announcement and he included no details about what it actually meant. I had other friends who were on their honeymoon on a flight to Paris when Trump made his announcement, landed, saw what was going on and just turned back around and came back to the U.S. and spent that. They spent all their honeymoon money just flying to France and turning around. Wow. Yeah. That is terrible. He bought a France sweatshirt in the airport. I mean, that's funny. (laughs) You gotta have a sense of humor. You honestly, have to. I found the only thing getting me through this is like laughing at shit. Like it's just there are funny moments in this. Yeah, and I know that it's like a really dire situation, but like the only thing that I think is going to keep people like, going and together is just being able to to appreciate 
some moments. Um, So broadening the crisis at large, Trump has repeatedly downplayed the scope and severity of the virus and spent the last three years of his administration gutting any efforts that might have helped us here. So he basically, in February, he said that there were 15 cases. At the time, there were 65 cases and said there would soon be zero. Now we are are at at almost 4,000 cases as of this recording. And that is without even people being tested. Many who have symptoms, let alone the asymptomatic people um, who may have it and just not know. Now let's take it to Friday, where he held he held a press conference um, with several um, individuals from the coronavirus task force and the CEOs of major companies like CVS, Walmart, etc. Um, all of them were standing up on the podium, shaking hands close talking into the same microphone. There were large groups of reporters in one space. Um, so he usually gets on. He talks about how great the economy is doing. Um, on Sunday, he said, relax, this will pass. We have the pandemic under tremendous control before he said he had to go and make phone calls. And he leads Pence and the, the doctors to basically deliver the real information. Um, and they tend to contradict everything he says. Um, Guys, what do you think of these press conferences, which have become a <laughs> signature? They're, they're crazy. They're batches. They're crazy. And I don't understand. Like, the first one was wild enough. And, like, because Trump spoke for so long. And then it was just him introducing all these people, like, um, like the Taylor Swift 1989 tour. Like, he's like <laughs> and here's Gigi Hadid. And, like, she comes <laughs> Um And then, like. It, it's it's like you said, he says a bunch of stuff that's not true. And then they have to come out and contradict him without directly contradicting him. Like they have to be like, the president's doing a great job and he's exactly right. And then say the opposite of what he just said. Yeah. Which that's is- what I think Fauci's deal is, is that like, I think that Fauci thinks that Trump is totally botching this and being irresponsible and fucking everything up. But I think he knows better than to defy him because like, I think that Fauci just has like, all of our best interested hearts and he's like really trying to balance not infuriating trump to the point where maybe he gets fired or undermined and can actually well, do yeah. the job that only he can do with like getting the correct information so he's just like oh when i said it was a failure i didn't mean the president i meant the system but yes it absolutely is a failure no this is not under control but i feel like he has is going through it yeah, yeah Fauci, mean- Fauci straight up said this will get worse before it gets better um, to manage the expectations of people. But when you're hearing relax, it's fine from the president. And then you're hearing this like doctor, if you're just like the average American, you're not going to like, you're gonna be like, Oh, but the president said, relax. It's fine. I don't have to. Right. Would, yeah. Would the part that Pence is doing, like, would that normally be reserved for the president to do all that speaking? Cause that's what I was thinking. It's like, it's like when you have like a party for like your or like some gathering to see some like ancient dignitary and they bring them in for like a minute and everyone's like, Oh, hi, that's nice. And then somebody else, they leave and go back to bed and somebody else does all the talking where it's like, I imagine if this were with Obama, we would be hearing everything from him. He would be taking yes. the question. Well, oh, what yeah. I will also say is like yeah. in that first press conference where Trump answered questions, I actually, I can't handle the stress of watching Trump take questions. It, it's irresponsible. Right you're like, it's what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Is he going to freak out? <laughs> and he's I always mean, he, yeah, and he did. Out. Yes. 
Yeah, what did Yamiche Alcindor ask that he called her that a nasty question? She said that I think um, he, she asked like why the tests haven't been widely available. She asked like a critical question of him. Oh, yeah. she asked if he takes responsibility for closing that the that pandemic one? office and like gutting all those protections. And that's when he said, "No, I take no responsibility." Okay, so let's actually talk about that because yeah. Trump has shut down the entire global health security unit of the National Security Council in May 2018. <clears throat> he eliminated the government's $30 million complex crises fund. Sounds like that would have cool. been helpful now, even though we definitely need way more money than that at this point. Yeah. Um, he postponed an, an annual intelligence report warning that the United States is unprepared for a global pandemic. And he cut funding for a program that predicted when viruses could jump from a- animals to humans basically around the same time that the coronavirus appeared to jump from animals to humans in China. <laughs> Great. Um, and then his latest budget proposal would cut the CDC budget by almost 16% and the Department of Health and Human Services by almost 10%. So he is uh, really just, you know, doing a number on our preparedness. It just, Fauci even said um, that he used to work with the Global Health Security Unit and that he wished the team was still there. Mm-hmm. But he's like, we worked really well with them. Would have been nice. Yeah. I mean, it it's it goes to show, like, we talk about how dangerous Trump's presidency has been for all the big, shiny, flashy, stupid shit that he does. But it's also just like the day-to-day incompetence that has now left us open to a virus. You know, like, he just doesn't know how to run a government and he doesn't care. And so now we have no pandemic response. Right. Like, why would you cut the pandemic response? Like, why wouldn't you want to have that in your back pocket, especially when you know that in the past few years we've seen Zika, avian flu, swine flu, MERS, SARS. What did we see last? Those were, I think that covers it. But Yeah, I feel like Zika and Ebola were the most recent ones. I think he just truly doesn't comprehend what a virus is and what could happen. He's a germaphobe, apparently. I know, which is bizarre. Like, he, remember, he because he was, like, defending himself for shaking hands, he was like, you know, it's a hard thing to get out of. I actually hate shaking hands. I never wanted to shake hands in the first place. It's all, it's all your fault that I shake hands. <laughs> well, you're blaming your shaking of hands on us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, also, there is, there's a lot of questions around the testing. Um, because, as we've seen, countries that are able to get widespread testing, even of individuals who are not showing symptoms, are the ones that are able to get this under control. And it's clear that there's a major issue with getting testing rolled out to people. Fauci said the system is not set up for that as it is in other countries, meaning in South Korea, they have drive-through testing. People can come. I think they're able to test 10,000 people per day in a significantly smaller country than ours. Um, So we don't really know his exact role yet in this. I mean, looking forward to journalists uncovering what it is. But we do know that the United States government chose not to use the World Health Organization's COVID-19 test that has been proven to work and has been sent to 120 countries. Um, There's a lot of speculation why we didn't just use that and why we can't just like get it now. Like, I don't understand why we're still not using it. Can't we just like be like, oops, we were wrong. We'll take it now. Because Um, Trump wants one that says like Trump on it. You know I what I mean? Like, it's going to be gold and say Trump on it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean... Literally going to say, like, make America well again. Yes. Oh, don't give him the idea, Amanda. 
Um, but so Dan Diamond, a health policy reporter for Politico, claimed on the NPR program Fresh Air that Donald Trump had intentionally slow off testing deployment because higher numbers would would uh, jeopardize his reelection campaign. Um, we've also heard that he wants to get the tests from a U.S. company like someone who donates to his campaign or something like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like all that tracks with with the everything. idea. Yeah, I've heard sort of rumblings that like he wanted an American test. And then I think we've heard like a, from a few sources, mostly this guy, Dan Diamond, that like, if we're not testing people, the numbers don't go up. And if the numbers don't go up, it looks good for Trump, which is like, not so who, who doesn't believe he would do that? Of course, he would do that. Of course, he would delay testing. So the numbers would stay down because he got on TV and kept talking about how the numbers were going down. Well, he doesn't really understand that, like, just because you think you're, you're, you're masking the numbers. Yeah. The, the fact of a pandemic is that you have deaths, like you have proof of the numbers because you have the people. It's not like just because you claim that these are the numbers doesn't at, at this point, especially with something where like you can't contain it and it's spreading exponentially. Like, right. Just because the numbers are low now, they're going to get so much higher. Right. And it's like, like anyone thinks, with, yeah, anyone with like, he has literally no ability, like no prefrontal cortex has been developed because <laughs> anyone who is who is like an adult would know that if you don't test and you don't do something immediately, the numbers will just get so much bigger later. I mean, I think he, can, he thinks he can actually privilege the virus. Like he can claim executive privilege with the, with the coronavirus and none of us will ever find out what happened. Well, then this I is the perfect crisis just, for him. He yeah. can just lie. He feels like he can just lie about anything. And it's like, dude, people are going to notice when everyone they meet is getting coronavirus. Like, like it's a right. pandemic. You can't actually like, it's not like numbers he can lie about with like the economy or whatever, or like try to pretend like this is an on the ground thing that people will see with their own eyes. Yeah. Like we're all experiencing this. We're all report recording this podcast with questionable audio <laughs> because of this. Like there's no, there's no way you can like lie to people about what is happening in their own lives. Although yeah. I did read that like, there are some like churches who like won't cancel because it's being perceived as liberal to I saw that. cancel. To not Extremely dumb. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, then now we start to blame Fox news and yes. the fact that you have propagandists on that channel, on that channel who are telling you that it's no big deal. And their entire demographic is like over 60. What is wrong right? with them? Yeah. They did fire that one lady. Yeah. I was surprised they even fired that one lady who went on there and was like, this is just Democrats trying to impeach the president again. Trish Reagan. That's yeah. Say her name. I can't um, actually okay. think of a more Republican name than Trish Reagan. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. So this has left us four months into a global pandemic. And it's two weeks since the first case of community spread, meaning like someone who did not come into direct contact with someone who has it. Um, and Doctors and health workers have no way of testing everyone, which is what they need to do at this point now that they see that there is community spread. Um, I know, like, at least as of last week, you had to have all the symptoms, um, acute respiratory distress, which is like a bad symptom, and you needed to have been in contact with someone who tested positive or, like, traveled to, to Italy, Iran, South Korea, or China in order to get tested. So... I think they're loosening them up uh, slightly, 
but not still not to asymptomatic people. Um, and another issue was that there was a lot of backup at the labs. So even if you could get tested, the labs couldn't turn around the tests fast enough. So some tests have been taking a while to get the results back and some are getting them back in, in pretty, pretty quickly. Um, as of, so between last Sunday and this Wednesday, the CDC only tested 77 people. Like That's not crazy. 77, while South Korea was 70. doing 10,000 a day. Yeah. Yeah, and we are, again, number one superpower, allegedly. And the Utah Jazz, they had a player who tested positive. Uh, they managed to test 50, 58 people. So where did they get those tests from? Like, where are all these secret tests? It's crazy. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. So he refuses to take responsibility for it. He literally said, I take no responsibility for it. <laughs> he blamed the CDC. <laughs> He blamed the CDC and the Obama administration, and he announced big plans uh, at his Friday press conference for drive-through testing and a partnership with Google to create a website that helps Americans determine how and where they can get tested. Um, he suggested the, the website would be widely available soon, but immediately after, Google released a statement that they are only piloting a website in the Bay Area for the time being. Soon it will expand to California, um, so this is very limited. Um, and one of the one of the comical parts, I thought, was when Deborah Burks, who is Fauci's number two at the CDC, mm -hmm. she gets on the podium and she holds up like a poster board and goes, this is the website. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, what? like, I feel like politicians should know at this point that like if they hold up a poster board, people are going to it's just going to become a meme. Like they need, I think oh, yeah, they need I to did, just, like did. understand. Yeah. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, and that brings us to the end of our coronavirus section. Um, Sammy and Amanda are gonna head out at this point because we are having some technical difficulties um, because we're all recording remotely and we're learning every single day while we stay in self-quarantine. So I'm just gonna give you guys a quick rundown of what the election section was going to be today um, because I don't really have anyone to talk about it with. So uh, 
crazily enough, there was a debate last night. The debate featured both of the remaining candidates, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Tulsi Gabbard, of course, also technically a remaining candidate, but uh, her invitation got lost in the mail, so she was not there. The debate itself was moved from Arizona to D.C. and featured no studio audience. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders stood about six feet apart as per CDC recommendations. And um, they didn't shake hands before they began. And in general, both laid out their case for why they believe they are the best person to lead the nation. Uh, Bernie Sanders obviously used the coronavirus epidemic to talk about the need for Medicare for all. Joe Biden kind of focused more on what he would do in the immediate term. Biggest headline out of that is that Joe Biden committed to having a female vice president, which is pretty huge. He's already committed to putting a black woman on the Supreme Court, but now he has committed to having a female VP. Bernie Sanders was asked if he would commit to the same thing. And he was kind of like, I don't know, maybe it depends on the lady. You know, he did. He did his Bernie Sanders thing. And um, in general, that takes us to our one more thing, which is that four states are planning to hold elections tomorrow. Arizona, Florida, Illinois and Ohio will all go to the polls, despite the CDC's recommendation that no groups over 50 people meet. Uh, they said, fuck it, they're doing it anyway. Georgia was actually supposed to have a primary next week. They postponed it by two weeks. Uh, you know, uh, this this is the kind of reckless behavior that I expect out of Florida, but Arizona, Illinois, and Ohio do better. Uh, <laughs> in a lot of these places, Arizona has cut polling places um, and had a lot of poll workers cancel. Obviously, uh, people are concerned about what this is going to do for turnout. Uh, election officials are saying they will provide hand sanitizer and clean the voting equipment. So um, we shall see what this does for the election. Joe Biden, in general, is expected to do well in most of these states. Bernie polls pretty badly, particularly in Florida. Um, but who knows? Maybe a bunch of young, healthy people. Go to the polls. Everybody else stays home. We don't know. We will have to see on our next episode. Uh, and guys, um, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales, and this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SUP at Betches.com. Betches.